Inside the halls of American hospitals, billions of people find comfort, healing, and support. But for many doctors and nurses, this couldn't be further from the truth. This podcast will dive into the shadows of American healthcare to investigate and uncover the abuse, control, and political power plays that leave the very people responsible for our nation's health broken and battered. We're sharing stories of professionals in medicine that have experienced horrendous treatment at the hands of a broken system that does nothing to stop the trauma. As the Association of American Medical Colleges states, long before the Me Too movement, women in medicine have instinctively banded together to counter a culture that too often tolerated harassment. From systemic trauma to abusive power to the unspoken rules of cover-ups and corruption, Mandy, Irby, and Phoebe will take you to the darkest corners of healthcare in America so you can have an inside look at bringing humanity back to medicine. Sensitive content warning. This podcast will share details of triggering subjects such as sexual assault and workplace violence. So if you aren't in a space to listen, respect your mental health and tune in again at another time. Hey, and welcome back to the Pulse Check Podcast. My name is Mandy. I'm Hee And we have a guest today with us who is going to talk about changes in healthcare and nursing and tech. We'll see what we get into. I'm really excited to meet Bridget today from Nurse Wallet. Hey, Bridget. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you for being here. We were just talking about where everyone's located in the country. It's just interesting to meet to meet other nurses online and then learn about them in real life and realize that it's a smaller world than we all think it is out here when we're listening to other people's podcasts and TikTok channels. (laughs) I'm excited to hear your story in kind of a way that I haven't heard it on TikTok before. So I follow you on TikTok, Bridget, and you're a nurse in tech and you talk about Nurse Wallet and you talk about the changes that are happening in nursing and new roles for nurses. And I am digging it, but I want to know, how'd you get here? I honestly, I ask myself that question, like pretty much every day. I'm like, how did I get here? Because a lot of it, I was motivated by frustration, not so much passion, I guess, to make a long story kind of short. I started nursing at the beginning of a pandemic. There's this stereotype or Maybe there's like a TikTok thing about nurses who start at the beginning of a pandemic. They just have a different edge to them. I totally feel that about myself because when I was going through my first year of nursing and it was the height of the pandemic, I found that a lot of people that I had worked with were saying, oh, it's always been like this or, oh, that's always been an issue. No one's done anything about it. And it was just mind blowing to me how so many things were so, so, so inefficient and wrong and just not fair. And I basically, I'm a little bit of a rebel. I also, maybe it's the Libra in me. I'm just like super passionate advocate, like for fairness. And I had felt like I wasn't being heard at my institution, even though I knew I was advocating for patient safety and nurse safety. It was just like really burnt me out. I ended up getting sick with COVID. I was out for a month. During that month, I did a favor for a friend. One of my friends was like, oh, I have this friend who has this prototype. Would you want to meet and be a user tester for this prototype? Mind you, it was a like, prototype. What? I don't know what that means. I have to download Zoom. I've never been on Zoom before. 
But all I really heard was like, oh, somebody's going to show you something and they want your opinion. They want to listen to you. Sign me up. So I spent about an hour on a Zoom call with a woman and I basically went through a really old version of what Nurse Wallet has evolved into. And I gave so much feedback. At that time, it wasn't for nurses. So I ended up talking this woman's ear off about how much it resonated with me, how nurses need this. And then I connected with the CEO. And from there, we basically evolved into Nurse Wallet. Okay. That's super fucking relatable. (laughs) I can totally hear. He, he and I are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These themes of not being heard. So Nurse Wallet is a startup. Yes. Startup tech company. And they, what's it called when they steal you from what you're doing? They poached you from the bedside? (laughs) Well, so because it's a startup, we weren't making any money. So I still needed to work because also I was working for pennies at my last nursing job. I moved back home. I was in the city during my first nursing job, moved back home. I'm so grateful for my parents because that's basically how I was able to really actually get involved with Nurse Wallet is I had that security because I, for nine months or something at the beginning of us, I was working night shifts. I would work six nights in a row, try to do Nurse Wallet during the day. But because I moved back home, I was able to wean down my night shifts and work more for Nurse Wallet and ultimately evolve the product that we have right now. Cool. I think it's important. And thank you for sharing that part of it, because a lot of nurses are like, how, how, how do Mm -hmm. I transition? What does that look like for other people? So that's cool to hear that that was part of your story and working with a startup isn't always profitable. Yes, it's not as glamorous as social media can make it out to be. And just a lot of people or even in my experience, watching YouTube videos or talking with other people in the space, you hear a lot about like the destination and where they are now, but the reality of the journey is sometimes super dark and super tough and you're really tested emotionally, mentally. So yeah. Oh my gosh. And it can be so lonely starting something, carving a new way, being a pioneer in a space that for so long has been untouched can be very isolating. If not a lot of people, you know, believe in what you're doing yet, even though, you know, it is the way of the future. Okay. So I'm super intrigued. First, I want to hit on what is nurse wallet. I don't think we've explained that, but after that, I would love to hear some of the top things that when you entered as a new nurse, you were like, what? is this? Why are we doing it this way? Or like, how is this even still a thing? I need to know what your top five, oh shit, what is happening moments were for you. Well, I do just want to say you were mentioning when it's sometimes isolating, doing something new or pioneering. And that was the hardest part, especially as a young nurse to kind of have the guts to not necessarily leave, but like, do something different that wasn't in the standard because there is a culture that I feel like was talked about a lot previously to the pandemic, but now isn't so much. There is a culture of nursing that it does have that high school toxicity. So I think one of the hardest parts of doing something new is also learning how to be okay with not being understood 
And I think that was something that I really struggled with being like a young entrepreneur, innovator, whatever. But to answer the question, what were my top five what the heck moments? Is that what you were asking? Oh my God, I don't know if I can like sum it up into a list. I think one was my orientation. I was kind of like, that's it. Wait, how do I set up my benefits? How do I, who do I talk to? Who do I call? I just felt like kind of I was hung out to dry and learned a lot of how to check my schedule, how to sign up for shifts through people who had been, oh wait, did you, did someone teach you how to do this? And I was like, no. So I don't know if it's like not a comprehensive orientation. I was like, oh, I'm nervous. And that's like where it just started at this job specifically because I was a patient care assistant during nursing school. One thing that drove me insane was how there was retaliation for safety reporting. I had experience in cultures where safety reporting was used as like a form of bullying. I was really blown away with how I felt like there were a lot of cost-saving efforts that really just didn't help the patients or made the environment more unsafe for patients. And I don't want to go too much into detail, but yeah, it was also crazy. We were running labs across the street to another hospital. I just didn't understand how old school things were. And then on top of the pandemic, it was just like, and you expect me to one, have a break, two, go all the way to the other side of your hospital at your designated eating area. Mm. One, sit down, eat my lunch, drink water, kind of like I don't know, feel good maybe. And then get back to my job all in 30 minutes. It takes 15 minutes to get there. I felt like there was a huge disconnect between the people who are making the rules and creating these policies and the actual people who were on the ground. Okay, well, let's take a pause because what is Nurse Wallet? You haven't told us yet. Nurse Wallet is the money app for nurses. So we are a personal finance tool. And what we do is we help you with your student loans. We also have an investing feature. And what makes us unique is that we know, one, it's taboo to talk about money. And two, like in nursing, typically it it looks different and nobody really gets it. And even nurses don't get it. I'm talking about your pay check. Like there's multiple different differentials or overtime or bonus pay or all this random stuff. So our app really take that into consideration and the uniqueness of us as nurses. And we also have like a shift planner so you can see what you'll actually walk away with from a shift and plan your finances. Like you plan the rest of your life, which is usually around your shifts. Nice. Oh my gosh. That is so needed. Now I see why when you got your hands on the prototype, you were like, wait, this could literally change so many lives yeah. <laughs> I like a beam shooting up from your phone into the sky and you're like oh I found it <laughs> yeah I think the person on the other end of that call was like what did I get myself into yeah but, uh, <laughs> I didn't ask for this nurse <laughs> yeah. I can see a passionate energetic new nurse yeah. going in with this idea of what it was going to be like and the shit show hits of the pandemic in my mind, I'm imagining walls everywhere. Like everyone's just sitting at the nurse's station and everything's on fire. And they're just like, we knew this shit would happen. We knew all the embers were burning. We knew all the trash cans were full of shit. We knew 
there were coals on the floor this whole time. We even decorated the walls with coals. We sometimes threw fire starter on the walls just because they asked us to, and they thought it would save money. We knew. And then you're walking in and you're like, everything's on fire. And they're like, yeah, I mean, this is kind of how it's been set up. And you're like, eh, but everything's on fire. <laughs> and then you hit onto something at that time, just like the right time for you to receive this new product that you could identify as, you know, you could take it into that space that's on fire and be like, anybody understand their paycheck? And they're all like, I I don't, what, I don't understand. They just give us what, what pay stuff. We don't even see it. It just goes to the bank. And you're like, literally no one's awake in here. Yep. I totally hear when you say doing something different is bad in nursing. It is considered wrong. And I know this is dumb, but I, all the things that like pop up in my head, I'm like, Oh, I saw it on TikTok, but I did. I just saw someone was talking about being in Taylor Swift's high school class. And what happened was they bullied her because she was about to leave school and go pursue a career at 16 years old. I had someone do the same thing in my high school and she got bullied. She looked just like Taylor Swift. too. (laughs) She's blonde, white, thin, all the things all the things that would make you popular. And she got bullied because she was doing some singer songwriter and like was very successful and she got bullied. So very similar to that high school mentality. I totally hear you. You saw that very quickly and felt that. And you have to kind of either step away from it and have some distance from that, or you're going to be caught up in it because that's how it is. And that's how it is almost everywhere. I think in nursing, why is that so gross? Totally. I was like, how am I going to do another 20? Like, this is my career. I know it's what I want to do, but how am I going to do another 20 years of this? I was three months in and I was like, shit. Uh, (laughs) Huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And this whole pandemic lasting three months, it doesn't feel like it's going to add up. Oh, that was a math joke because you're finance. See, I know about finance. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Okay, Bridget, I want to know about using system reporting as a form of bullying. What were you seeing? I think that, how do I articulate this? It's passive aggressive, petty stuff that I'm like, I don't even, and I think, and now in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, my hesitancy to answer this question is so like, that's already deeply, that's something that I'm uncovering or rewiring is that mm-hmm. deep. It's just really ingrained in you subconsciously to, I don't know. And like, that's just what it goes to show about how toxic shit can be. But in terms of retaliation and bullying, I think it really starts from that culture where it was passive aggressive and really a lateral violence because there's no upward mobility and that type of thing. So I think that I was never really taught how to file an SRS. So I figured out how to do it on my own. And then I had experiences where I I like, it's not that I feel uncomfortable answering this question is that I've never like articulated it out loud. This is super interesting to me. Super struggling right now. And as I'm talking, I'm also processing and just openly. And also this is also my ADHD, but like, I am noticing how much I'm struggling. And I'm also like, wow, like this is crazy. I am like 
really, truly. Well, you were taught this. You were taught to be submissive. You were taught to not talk about this. You were taught to, if you were directly asked, kind of skirt around it. You're safe to tell your story here for sure. You know, it's safe for you to talk about it. So some things that I've seen are when something happens at the bedside between, we'll say two nurses, we won't even go hierarchy. We'll just say two nurses, lateral, the, the like lateral violence, lateral bullying. And one nurse will come in to help another nurse. The main nurse whose patient they are in the room, the main nurse is doing something one way and the helper nurse comes in and notices like that is not how they do it. So we we come from labor and delivery. They're using a ball that we said we weren't going to be using during the pandemic. And then like no one ever addressed it. And it became very vague and gray. And now that second nurse comes in and is like, Oh, you're using a ball. Okay. And me would be like first nurse be like, hands all up over the patient. Obviously I need help. I got a ball in one hand and like someone's in the corner crying and I need help turning the patient. And she comes in and there's like a mess. Obviously we need help. So she comes in and is like, Oh, oh super uncomfortable. Doesn't like me, but comes in and is like, Oh my God, you need help. And like, now I'm stuck here. So she comes and helps and does like the puts gloves on, helps with the patient, helps with the person on the floor, helps with the ball. Boop, 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 boop. We clean everything up. Okay. Well, that's all you need. Bye now. She goes to the desk. She sits down. She tells everybody about how Mandy's using that ball that we weren't supposed to use. And blah, 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 blah. And did you see her lines? And did you, she didn't even have any lights on in there. Did she want me to die? I'm going to write that shit up. And then three days later, I get called into the manager's office. No one tells me anything. Patient's fine. Chart everything. Everything's legit. Three days later, the manager calls me in. So we heard about an incident and I'm like, what incident? Mary wrote a report or anonymous report was made and only one other motherfucker, one other nurse was in there that could have written this anonymous report. And she's like, very like, everything's hush hush. And it's like, well, the policy is, and it's all very disempowering and it's uh-huh. passive aggressive. Like if, if there's an issue you obviously know when I walk out of the room, just get me. But instead you tell the whole unit, you, you write me up. It's a report that's in my file that isn't based on anything substantial. And it's because you make that like weird face when we see each other at target and you just don't like how I'm outspoken and blah, 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 whatever petty. And it's bullying because then it's like, well, I thought I was doing a great job as a nurse, but now I don't want to ask this person to come in to help me. Like we're in a professional situation. This is about the patient and the person that was on the floor and like care and safety. What I also struggled with was having that type of environment and not knowing how to report it, even though you know it's wrong because it's like, how, how do I report that, that somebody had a really passive aggressive attitude towards me or withheld something that I should have known about before I interacted with the patient and they set me up to fail. What do I do? Because then if I go to my manager, my manager's no better. She's going to, you know, she's like the queen bee or just like somebody who wants to be the queen bee. So it was really like 
you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, which just doesn't promote a culture of one safety and two, I don't want to show up to work and like try my best every day knowing that like, I don't know, like it's just. No, it's a, it's an environment that's draining. Uh It's abusive. It's not professional. And if anyone else like looking in saw it, they would be like, ew, what the hell's happening? But inside you're like, this is okay with literally everyone. And like even anyone else coming in, like physicians or nurse practitioners, anyone witnessing it is just like, I just want to stay out of that mess. I'm going to go over here. It's a, it's a mess that shouldn't be there and it's affecting everyone. But some people were just able to like, I'm going to distance myself. And then the nurses are like in it. Mm -hmm. But when you ask people on an individual level, whether they're okay with it and they notice it, they, they almost always notice it, but no one speaks up. Right. That's the kicker for me is that like physicians see it, but don't speak up. Nurses see it, but don't speak up. Sometimes patients even notice it, but don't speak up. There is this culture of even admin, I believe, know what happens between the walls of their hospitals. No one is doing anything. What is this phenomenon? It's political. You know, everybody needs something. So everybody needs something from that manager when they write the policy, they need the, they need the, like their little piece to be poked in there. They need staff orientation to go along with whatever this other person wants it to look like. They, they see it all the time. Yeah. Mm. But it's, yeah, it takes away from the patient. And so it it feels the words that I've found recently for it is institutional abandonment. It feels Mm -hmm. like like there's nothing within the structure to really support what they're saying. Like if I say something is about patient safety, it's always blamed back on me and feels like gaslighting. If I say something about a provider, then it's worse usually. And the provider doesn't get that like anonymous tip. They find me in the parking lot. That is, it feels like abandonment. Like, wait a minute, why are you not what do you do when you are up against institutional abandonment? Who's going to go up against that institution? Because so in good. my town, they pay for news ads, football ads, commercials ads. They have like, I've spoken to the news multiple times. They will not play clips that speak bad about that system. And then their biggest, longest commercials are from that facility and that healthcare system. So it's very clear, like what's happening. Yeah. I found that I have to have a sense of humor about that type of stuff. And I'm always curious, what is the marketing budget? Why am I seeing a commercial during the NBA playoffs for a healthcare institution that I just got an email or maybe like my manager came up to me or like somebody was saying how, you know, we have to use less flushes so that way we can save money. And it's like, well, there they are on the TV and in the NBA playoffs. I know that's a very coveted, expensive time slot on that television. Right. And you're telling me a three ml flush that I'm one that I'm you know saving is going to make a difference. Spare me. <laughs> it kind of feels crazy. like the recycling problem. You see the commercial in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. So like oh God, yeah. five million dollar slot. It rolls six times while you're watching. And then, you know, we're told we should not use straws because of turtles. It's like "Mm." the magnitude of the issues aren't really matching up for me. I'm one person. I use 16 flushes in a shift. Like I'm sure multiplied that would suffice for a 
playoff commercial, but it just, yeah, doesn't seem to match up. So what are you seeing where you're at in this shift? You've made a shift to a different perspective. You're still at the bedside a little bit. You're paying the bills. You're with the startup. You're seeing nursing and tech and you are maybe coming at healthcare from a different approach. How has that changed your perspective and how do you see other nurses doing the same thing? So I think what is so funny is I am super into nursing innovation. I think I watched one TED talk in nursing school. It was Rebecca Love's TED talk on YouTube. That was really like all I was familiar with and like academic academia, like I feel like I sound so important when I say academia, <laughs> like academic nursing innovation, as well as healthcare institutions would have nursing innovation that would be organized by uh, the hospital, but it would be like for patient safety outcomes or like direct point of care stuff. So I knew about a little bit about nursing innovation. I wasn't as, I wasn't as motivated to think of patient care interventions, but I was like, we need to use nursing innovation to support nurses. That would be just so cool. I found that there was a huge barrier, one in age, like a lot of thought leaders and people that I look up to have 20, 30, 40 years of bedside experience. And here I am three months into my nursing career, like how the hell am I going to make it another day, let alone 20 years before I actually get to do what I want to do. So that's that's where I felt I was breaking a little bit of a mold or like nursing innovation was rebellious, but I felt like I was being kind of like a little bit more of a rebel. Um, everyone. <laughs> I think that it makes me so excited because we have all these millennial Gen Z cusps for Gen Zers and the next generation of nursing coming in. And it is more of a cultural outside in general human. They feel like they have this air about them that is kind of like, we really want to work with a purpose. I'm not going to do something just because that's how it's been done. If it's not good or efficient or meaningful, then do something new. And also, I think that within the nursing profession, what nurse innovation can offer is that purpose and really broadening the scope of what the nursing profession actually is and really set a new tone and I'll stop there because I could actually go on I just get super <laughs> excited when I bring up nursing innovation and it's also going outside of the hospital I've seen change try to happen from inside the walls of the hospital and oftentimes it's just it takes a long time so my whole thing is like bring it outside the hospital, find somebody else who, you know, finds like an engineer, find somebody who will listen to you. Just don't stop talking. <laughs> That's yeah. how it'll happen. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love that it is broadening what the nursing profession is and offering purpose to our work. Like that's what every nurse goes into nursing for. Yeah, exactly. And I think we it's a- so hard for hospitals to say that they you know, want to have nursing innovation. How do you have a culture that like really makes people excited to show up when you don't even have a culture that makes people feel safe and you can't even offer benefits that are actually modern and support me. That's the mind blowing part to me. So a lot of nursing innovation does come with just talking about how we can move the actual like culture forward and evolve a little bit into the 21st century. Yeah. And unlearning what we've learned, the boxes Mm -hmm. that we've been put in, or we've put ourselves in. And 
this conversation has been an example of that. You say, I haven't been a nurse for very long. And then you're struggling to out the issues that you saw very quickly in just a very short amount of time at your time at the bedside, your time within that nursing culture, bedside culture, hospital culture. It's so clear and validating. Every time someone is like, yeah, this shit is effed up. Any other part of the world is validating to every other healthcare professional that's listening because they're like, I had an inkling and like something didn't sit right. And you add it all up and it, it becomes a lot. I think Uh that you're primed for helping us lead that direction because you, you have unlearning to do, and you have this new box to open up, but it's not layered and layered and layered on these 20, 30, 40 years. And you're within that newer generation. I see why you're on TikTok because everyone's like, but what if it wasn't like that? And yeah. we're all like, oh my God, what? My mom, my parents, my grown up in my life never said that before. I could think differently. And you're in that. And so you're able to, I guess, develop new ideas about it and make that the reality. I can do some things like, and I, knowing who I am and how I was and how I got into this, literally anybody can do it. Literally nurses don't realize or don't give themselves enough credit for what they do on a daily basis. The amount of workarounds or the amount of fires that we put out, the amount of problems we solve, the amount of things that we make, (laughs) we make work that truly are set up for us for it to not work, like is incredible. And it's never, it's not really celebrated, like in tech, a workaround to find something more efficient, like that is celebrated. You'll get like, you know, everybody on the Slack channel, like, oh my God, that's amazing. So good. Great. And in nursing, if you're finding something that's more efficient, you're not telling anybody because you're like, what's the policy? Am I allowed to, am I allowed to tape this thing to this? So that way the oxygen can actually get to the patient more efficiently. Nurses just have that mindset. And I wish, or I just want more to believe in themselves like that, but it's hard when the culture and the state of nursing is what it is right now. So that's my two cents. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You have a problem. You put a nurse on it and they'll find three different ways to do it. What's your favorite color? What do you like? What feels best? I can figure this out. You're at the bedside and I just threw my little tiny scissors down on the floor. I used to have in my pocket and cut things up and boop, 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 boop. Mm -hmm. We just have our ways of doing it. And we should have products that help support the best ways of doing it, but we don't. And then the workaround just becomes harder. It becomes a struggle, but it reminds me of the the work I'm doing and aligning the ideas of being in an abusive cycle with being in a hospital culture. And so it's like, once you get language for these things, once you realize these things, once you see and like have witnessed to the oppression the mistreatment, the gaslighting, the manipulation, you're like, oh my God, it's like easier to breathe without all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you're saying outside of the hospital, your skills are valued and you're still able to use those that you've learned as a nurse and that, that you're really good at, AKA our possible trauma responses, which will be a part two. (laughs) in 12 months, we're all like, so that was actually a trauma response. Yes. In fact, (laughs) juggling multiple things, being a pleaser. Yes. Yes. I'm a fawner. It is all related. And I, 
really like to hear from nurses that are really excited to pump up and support other nurses in the way that we are and not being like, let's go do all these totally new different things and change everything. We could just make things better by using the skills and the connections and our expertise that we have. Exactly. I love it. Thank you, Bridget, for sharing your story with us. And I'm so excited. I'm going to like, I'm ready to go into tech right now. Let's do it. New investors. <laughs> like tech is so funny because in the hospital, people can't figure out how to make a printer work or just like the silliest stuff or how to even turn on the computer. So it's just funny, like tech in the hospital right now just makes things worse, but everything else is like, it's supposed to make it better. It's just the irony in nursing is so funny. Like funny okay okay that's a good perspective yeah funny that's how far behind in the times we are like it's so funny yeah Yeah. it's exhausting Mm -hmm. because so many other things work for us we wear a little phone well mine's charging but we wear our whole device on our wrist and in the hospital we're like oh we have to look at this one screen and like it's the only one that does the thing right and there's like everything's beeping and you're like oh it's not actually broken I always say, I wish I could take people to work with me (laughs) so they could just, they would be exhausted. They would see why we have to take three days off after every shift. Yeah. They'd be exhausted. Ah, well, Bridget, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us and getting us all excited to branch out and take our expertise to nursing innovation and help other nurses. I'm excited to see where you go with this. Me too. Thank you guys so much for having me. Sorry, I talk so much. I get it's when I get so excited, it's just like I could talk forever about nursing innovation. It's exciting. It's contagious too. Can folks follow you on TikTok? You cool with that? Yeah, I am. What is even my username? I'm Bridget B R N on TikTok, and then my company Nurse Wallet also has a page. It's just Nurse Wallet, so you can follow us there. Bridget B R N and Nurse Wallet. Cool. I like your TikTok because it does exactly this. It speaks to nurses about where they're at and opens their eyes to other possibilities and makes it normal and shows inside kind of what it's like for other people, like how you're doing it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening today. Also, we're on YouTube and we're on podcasts and everywhere you listen. And now we have a new feature on our website where you can drop us a message and you don't have to record for an entire episode. So go there, dial the number and it's a quick little voicemail. We'd love to hear your comments or questions on the site until next time. We'll see you on Instagram at pulsecheck.podcast. Bye. Bye y'all. Thanks for joining us today. We wanted to leave you with a quick stat and something to think about until we see you next time. According to a 2018 report from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, the prevalence of sexual harassment in academic medicine is almost double that of other science and engineering specialties. This presents a serious danger that ripples into patient safety, clinical outcomes, and burnout, which leads to costly loss of talent. How much safer could medicine be if nurses and physicians If you or anyone you know has a story to share, please contact us on Instagram at pulsecheck.podcast. We'd love to share your story. You weren't also battling sexual harassment day in and day out.